Hello, I'm H.D. Chambers. I'm the superintendent of schools for Ailey ISD, and I want to welcome all of you uh, that are either joining us live or listening to this as it's uh, being uh, replayed uh, through our various uh, podcast platforms. It's been a while since we've recorded a live a live version of, of uh, Impact Ed, so we're we're extremely pleased and extremely happy that we're able to uh, to start this this again. We have we found it in the past to be helpful for our staff and community and. And in some cases, folks that live outside of the community or live outside of the state of Texas, to be honest with you. So anyway, it's it's our, our, our pleasure as a school district to be able to do this. As usual, uh, we attempt to find topics and content that is relevant, that we find it to be meaningful. And we hope that, that you as the listener, regardless of whether your role is as an, as an educator or a parent or a community member or just someone in the, in the, in the general population that, that finds interest in public education, and today is no different. So we're sitting here in, in the month of April, and whether you know this or not, this is a big year for school systems as they begin trying to identify our youngest learners, our youngest students, and where are they in our communities, making sure the parents are aware, an absolutely phenomenal opportunity for our four-year-olds to enroll in, in, in education. And I've got two ladies here today who we're going to talk about that early learning, and you're going to hear us refer to early learning a lot. In the context of this discussion, early learning is going to be referring to mostly four-year-olds, but in some cases even younger than that. But in your mind, so when you hear that, that term, early learning, just kind of kind of know that we're talking about four-year-olds uh, specifically. But uh, I want to introduce uh, Mari Martinez. She is over our early learning programs in our district. So if you think about all things little ones through four years old, Mari is responsible for that and has been, been I don't know how long you've been in this role. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. In Seven world. years. And as we get into this conversation, you're going to figure out real quickly how vital and how important Mari's uh, role has, uh, what she has played personally in her role as we uh, sit here today. And we have Miss Savannah Page, who is a practitioner. She is actually one of the teachers at Alexander Elementary School, and she has been teaching four-year-olds for the last couple of years. And as you can see on your screen, she's got a a ways to go in her career. So she's starting out young, working with the young ones. And I, I am extremely in, interested in her perspective and and kind of what she is uh, is observing in her couple of years and teaching these little ones, but also how she has experienced something that we're, as a district, we're beginning to introduce across our district, which is the purpose of today is to talk about early learning and how we're doing it. Mari, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask both of you, we're going to jump right into this. If I'm someone listening to this, and I'm wondering what can a public education institution, whether it's A-Leaf or anyone else for that matter, but what can education do for a four-year-old and why is that so important? Answer that question for me. Why, why is it important that we have four-year-olds in structured environments as we're going to talk about today? Well, the most important thing is that it gives them uh, a leg up in their uh, school career. You know, they're starting their academic career and we're setting the stage so that they're successful later on. Uh, the things that we're concentrating on, that we're focusing on and with the four-year-olds are making sure that we're developing oral language, developing vocabulary, that we are focusing on social and emotional development, which is crucial at this age. This is, these are not things that children come knowing. We have to work with them. We have to teach them how to be self-aware, how to be uh, self-starters, how to have self-control. And so these are all things that we're focusing on in pre-K. 
I think another thing is building their excitement for school. Um, the interactive opportunities that we have here in ALEAF for our pre-K students builds that excitement. They're excited to go into those rooms. They're excited to engage with the materials. And most of the time, they're so excited they don't realize they're doing the learning. So by having these opportunities for students to engage with those materials and really enjoy the process of it, they're learning as they're playing. They're learning as they're growing. And then hopefully, they'll be more excited to come back to school next year and the years following. We've, we've talked in the past about pre-K being learning disguised as play. And, and like Ms. Ray mentioned, is that excitement to come to school that we want to make sure that they start right from the beginning and that they have that and they carry that right. on as they go into kindergarten and later on. For me, it's it shouldn't be disguised as play. We shouldn't have to disguise it. It should just be play right. because that's, that's what four-year-olds do. That's how they learn. They learn by playing, by being hands-on by interacting with the materials and what they're what they're working on. One of the things I've I've learned to, to be clear, I've never spent a day professionally in a pre-K classroom or an elementary school for that matter. But I know I guess over the last ten years or so, since at least since I've been in a leaf, early learning has become it's become more important, and we've it's always been important. I don't want to mis, mislead anyone. It's always been important. But to be honest with you policymakers, school districts, school systems uh, for a long time didn't place the level of importance that it, that we are now discovering. We wonder sometimes why are our second, third, fourth, fifth graders struggling? And in many cases, not all, but in many cases, you reflect back, look back as to what was their experience as a three-year-old or as a four-year-old. So to your point about not disguising it and not making excuses for it, but it, it is the way they, they learn. It, it is. And, and I think as a taxpayer, and I want to build upon something, Savannah, you just talked about was these interactive activities that we've kind of begin transitioning from. Uh, I think as a taxpayer and someone who hopefully supports their public schools, they understand the importance of why it is that how important it is that four-year-olds get exposed to to play. It's, it's structured play, but it's play nevertheless. Uh, Savannah, you had mentioned just briefly the interactive, and I, and I think a large part of this conversation today is going to be about our approach to teaching four-year-olds. So maybe build upon a little bit about your experience and what does interactive and what has changed. Maybe build real quick, what did a four-year-old classroom used to look like and what does it look like right now? Absolutely. It's definitely less of that sit and get kind of atmosphere. There aren't structured tables and desks that require students to be sitting all day long. It's requiring movement. Students can move from one activity to the next. And the materials are all engaging. So all of it's hands-on, whether it's some dramatic play opportunities to really dress up and portray those roles that go along with the current theme. For example, right now in my classroom, we're doing Healthy Me. So in that interactive room, there are um, tarps on the walls that show different careers, like maybe a doctor or a dentist. Um, there are visuals of students playing outside, exemplifying different ways to be healthy. Students can pretend to be farmers, so they're hands-on with dirt and different foods, fruits and vegetables that they might grow in those careers. Everything is hands-on and interactive, allowing the student to really step into that role and build that background knowledge of what it might look like to embody that someday. So are there opportunities for, for the four-year-olds to, to do some of these things, like play dentist, play doc. I mean, these. Absolutely. That's, that's the purpose. It's all purposeful. Kind of like Mari was saying earlier, every single play aspect in this room is purposeful. There are academic um, guidelines for our pre-K guidelines that go hand in hand with every single thing the students are doing. So they're really getting that full experience while they're learning and growing. 
She's absolutely right. We have another room that we recently had in one of our classrooms what the, was the pet vet. And so this, in this room, we had students dressed up as veterinarians and looking at x-rays of different um, pets and animals and pretending that they were uh, taking care of them or uh, diagnosing them. <laughs> or, you know, there, there was an area in that classroom where they're uh, it's part of the home. And so how do they take care of them, how to groom them and, and, and all sorts of things. So extremely interactive. They definitely are, they step into the roles of whatever the theme is uh, at the moment. Talk about the different themes that you and, and others over the last several years were intricately involved in developing as we've redefined our pre-K experience and pre-K program. So you mentioned Healthy Me and maybe talk about some of the ones that are that are perhaps more I mean, important to this community. Yes, we have 12 different themes that we've developed um, in conjunction with uh, Exhibit Concepts. They're the company that designed them, but we worked with them in creating the activity guides and making sure that all of these themes were align with our standards. But for example, some of our, my favorite ones are those that were created specifically for ALEAF, like for example, the International District. And that's one that you recently, Savannah, just yes. finished. Uh, they just wrapped up with that that theme. And it highlights all the different cultures that we can find here in ALEAF ISC. They can learn about the food that different people eat, different ways that they get dressed, and that different activities that they enjoy doing. Another theme that's very specific to us is the um, our community, which is specifically the A-Leaf community. So they're learning about community workers, and they're learning about the different um, careers, but specifically in A-Leaf ISD. And so the murals that are on the walls around the, the classrooms have all these different places you can find in A-Leaf. So that, that was designed specifically for us. Another one that was designed for us is the Gulf Coast because of our proximity to, to the Gulf. And so they get to study the different animals uh, that they find in the Gulf, the different um, plant life that they find in the Gulf. So it's, it's very entertaining. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's great to see them. It's great right. to walk into these classrooms and see the students completely engaged. And they can talk to you about whatever it is that that theme is going on. They can talk to you about that. They become paleontologists in the digging dinos. They become veterinarians. They become construction workers in Tinkertown. And so it's, it's great to see. Would you say that sometimes we may underestimate even a four-year-old? And what they're able to comprehend and the way they're able to, co to communicate, it, in some cases, it's the environment we put them in or they're in that holds them back versus what their capabilities are. Are you seeing that in the classroom with some of these experiences? Absolutely. And it's exciting to see the students that come in already with a little bit of knowledge on the topics we're learning about. For example, I've had students that have a love for dinosaurs, and digging dinos was a great one. There's activities for everybody's interests, and it's fun to see the students who maybe don't talk as much or aren't always engaged in your typical classroom setting really kind of step out of their comfort zone and jump headfirst into those activities. They're talking more. They're engaging with their peers more. They're using advanced vocabulary that you wouldn't typically teach in your regular classroom, and all these skills are going to help them in the future. A, a huge takeaway from this is when you put students, even, and I want to keep reminding people, these are four-year-olds we're talking about. When you put four-year-olds, and I, when I say environment, I mean the actual room that they're in with the, the surroundings, the equipment, the art that you mentioned. I mean, all the little things they can put their hands on. We, we find untapped potential. We find little ones who perhaps maybe up until then have not had a chance to express this, to experience this. And Mari, as you guys were working with exhibits or the was it, exhibit, concepts. exhibit concepts, as you guys were working with them, are those the types of experiences y'all were looking for? I mean, 
other than those that are local and specific to Aleaf, what were the other factors that led us to that led you to recommend these? So the the way that we chose or narrowed it down to these twelve themes uh, was we looked at pre-K Sanders, specifically the science and the social studies content, because those are two areas that in as we were coming from a half-day campus, moving now into full day, those were two contents that we didn't right. always had a chance to explore. And so we wanted to make sure that we were covering those those standards as well. So we looked at those. And then we also looked at K through second science and social studies TEKS because we wanted to give them background knowledge that will help them out later on um, as they were moving up those those grade levels. And so that's how we were narrowing uh, down the the topics that we that we chose. I think the point of that is how intentional all of this is. Correct. It, it wasn't, nothing has been done by accident, right? It's all been a part of it. No, it was not. It was very much, it was carefully designed. And it, it, one of the hardest things I've, that we've had to do is narrow it down to 12. Right. Because if we right. could have done more, we would have done a lot more. But just making sure that, we wanted to make sure that this was purposeful is just, it's one way of putting it. We wanted to make sure that this carried with them later mm-hmm. on. And like you mentioned before, sometimes these are not experiences that they typically might experience. And we wanted to make sure that, okay, then we'll bring those experiences to them. You're two years into this, you're, uh, I guess, a year into the actual experience. So you don't even have a full year yet to reflect on, but just kind of what is your, what are your thoughts right now about, about what you've gone through as a teacher? Yeah, I think it's exciting at first, it's kind of scary to look at everything that the room has to offer and the experience has to offer, but it's also kind of relieving because you really get to sit back and watch them teach themselves. Of course, we're still offering content and we're still reading them stories and guiding them through math and STEAM activities and facilitating those, but they truly become the leaders of the conversation and they get to decide where that content takes them. So although it can be a little scary as a teacher, you know, we're used to ruling the classroom and being in charge, letting the students lead their own learning has a lot of results and a lot of positive ones. So it's It's been fun to watch them grow and even, you know, kind of challenge myself to step back and see where they might take themselves on their own. Do you think it's been a little bit easier for you not having years and years of experience? I think so. That's that's probably helpful. And kind of like Mari was saying, you know, they're looking at the teaks further down the road to build that background knowledge, having taught first grade for a few years, it's fun to see how these opportunities can impact them as they get to grades like first grade and second grade being familiar with those teaks as well, they could master some of those tests without even knowing it. Being given it orally, they'd be able to answer those questions as a four-year-old. Were you going to say something? No, I was, it, it was just thinking about what uh, Savannah mentioned about child-led, uh, teacher-facilitated. And it's, it's, a, it's a difficult concept because as teachers, we want to be in charge of the, yeah. of the learning that's going on in the classroom. But one of the things that teachers have, have worked on this year is just t- taking that step back and letting the children lead them to, you know, what, what are they interested in? What do they want to learn about? And then just being able to just step in when you have to and then go back to let me observe, let me take note, let me nudge a little bit. Don't let her uh, sell herself short. There's a lot of planning that goes oh, into yeah. making sure that these experiences are carefully designed for the students to learn. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. And she's phenomenal. Her team is phenomenal at, at making this happen. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think there's, when we use the term, you know, playing is learning. And then you couple that with, okay, they're four-year-olds. And then you say, well, I'm going to give you 20 or 22 of them in a classroom with you and another adult trying to 
trying to hurt these right. little guys, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that have never done that before that are probably going, "Oh my goodness, you know, how do you how do you even how do you keep control?" I would think that the busier they are, the more con the easier they are to control, yes. right? It's kind of like raising your own children; you keep them busy, you keep them keep them occupied. The experiences that you've had, do you find any of the experiences so far where where some of your kids have maybe enjoyed more or they I'm just curious your observations if there's right. something that really resonates with them more than yeah. others absolutely Tinkertown was a big favorite of ours and I also have some students with autism in my classroom and those hands-on experiences that really cater to all of their needs they're working on fine motor skills but they're nailing in um, some nails with a hammer on a sheet of paper to build a letter so they're building that letter knowledge they're using hand-eye coordination they're getting to do a fun activity that they would choose to do and when time's up and it's ready to clean up it's like they look up and they look around and they're like already it's yeah. time to go so Tinkertown was a fun one students got to learn about creating things, building things, how to work as a team. In the art activities, they were drawing their own blueprints of what they might want to build a house about. Behind the really cool magic door, they would open it up and see different stages in the construction process. So that was definitely a classroom favorite. We were very sad when we had to leave. <laughs> so Tinkertown, just for clarity, is kind of like a construction Correct. So Correct. they get their hammers and nails and all kinds of tools. And, That's the one. Yes. Yeah. I've, it's a fun one. It's one of my it favorites, is. too. <laughs> yes. Lots of, lots of dramatic play opportunities, mm -hmm. too, with the hard hat and the orange vest. And they had some caution tape, so we taped over the door. Yeah, it was, it was very engaging. I'm, I'm curious about your preparation or the training. You know, Mari mentioned just don't underestimate the role that you play, but also don't underestimate the preparation, the training that you had to go through or you and your colleagues have had to go through. But talk a little bit about your preparation for, yeah. for teaching this way. I would say the district did a good job of equipping all of us as educators at the beginning of the year, late summer. We had the opportunity to be trained by Exhibit Concepts. So really understanding how to set up the room, the different opportunities that were there with it, how to work as a team to kind of prepare. And then um, with our pre-K coaching sessions throughout the year, um, each campus is provided a pre-K coach that we work with to develop that content planning, whether it be through Frog Street or with the new interactive process. Um, we get together, we kind of find a way to incorporate the guidelines, what we're doing in Frog Street and in the interactive classroom all in one. So how can we get the biggest bang for our buck in that experience for our students? Um, and the teams do a really good job collaborating. We come up with different ways to maybe supplement some materials here and there. Maybe we might need to add some numbers to this interactive play station here to add a little bit more content. Uh, so the planning behind it um, is pretty structured. Uh, we do a good job, I would say, of making sure that we're including everything we need to. And then with our teams and with our pre-K coaches, um, they provide lots of opportunities for us to really sit back and reflect on maybe what's worked and what hasn't worked throughout the year. So it's not like we covered it all at the beginning. We're checking back with each other every couple weeks and in between all of the different themes for our interactive classrooms to make sure that everyone's on the same page. And also talking to different campuses that have done a previous experience and kind of learning from their experience since we all don't experience that same theme at one time. Mari, maybe talk a little bit about the process that we have in place for continuing to roll out the new way of teaching pre-K. I think we call it a new way to a new way to pre-K or yeah. innovative interactive <laughs> thematic experiences. Yeah. So so we've we've mentioned that this is new. 
it's it's new to the teachers. It's new to obviously students, but it's new to parents. And maybe spend just a second talking about how we've what we're, where we are now in the process, and where do where do you see us being in the next couple of years? And and we could talk about the you know we have two new facilities coming on on board, two new early learning centers. But I don't want the audience to get confused. It's the the programs are very consistent. Talk about kind of how do you see this evolving over the next several years as we continue to grow it? Mr. Chambers, as you mentioned at the beginning, I've been doing this for seven years. And so one of the things that we, that as a, as a department we looked at was what is the impact that pre-K is having in our very own district? And we knew that back then we knew that, okay, half day is not enough. We want them in our, in our, in our district full day. But back then it was not funded by TEA. That has changed with House Bill 3. But even before then, um, as a district, we had already intended to to start moving right. that way. Um, and so we, when we went to the, the full day pilot with the first five campuses, we did notice uh, an improvement in or a language development and the vocabulary scores for our, our students. And we felt like, okay, th- they're improving. It's not enough. There is something else that's missing. There's a piece that's missing. And then we added uh, nine additional campuses. Now we're up to 14. And we're, again, looking at data and looking at how, how the students are doing, we're seeing, okay, our 14 full-day campuses are outperforming the rest of our, of, our, of our campuses that are doing half day. But again, not enough. What else, do, what else do we need? And the piece that was missing was that learning disguise as play, that playful, very intentional, very hands-on um, ex- expert experience exploratory learning. That's the way that four-year-olds actually do learn. So as we were thinking about, you mentioned the two centers that are that were opening. One of the things that we talked about was, okay, let's let's change the dynamics. Let's change uh, let's change it up a little bit and let's try to make this as explor- explorative and interactive as possible. That's where these interactive classrooms came from. But we didn't want to leave it there, just two centers and that's it. And that's when as a district we also decided then we need to bring this to our campuses as well. And we started this year with our 14 full-day campuses. And so they have a, an interactive classroom at each of these uh, campuses where teachers rotate in and out every few days, every few weeks, depending on, on the campus. And students are able to go in and experience these thematic rooms that change right. and rotate every few weeks. And the idea was we want all of our pre-K students to be able to learn in this way, which we know it's the way that students who are for learn. And looking forward in the next few years, what our hope would be, what our goal is that all classrooms become interactive, not just one classroom in a campus, but all of them become interactive so that um, they can be immersed in this experience. I think the, the takeaway that I hope people take is that these experiences that we're referring to or that Savannah and, and Mari are referring to are going to be offered for years to come to every four-year-old, regardless of where they may be going to school. The opportunity, if you will, the program will be as consistent as we, as we possibly can make it. There's been a lot, of, a lot of research over the last decade, two decades, about the impact of an effective early childhood, early learning opportunity, whether it's pre-K, three-year-old, two-year-old, whatever the case may be. Part of what I'm hoping the audience takes away from this is that this experience that we're giving them at this age is setting a foundation for for their success, for that student's success. And as educators who are literally in the trenches, Savannah, literally in 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 the classroom every day, do you have time, do you often think, think about 
how critical the role you're playing in, in, in this little child's life, not only as a four-year-old, but moving forward is in, in their life? Do you, do you, do you reflect on that? Uh, from time to time, I'd say, especially when it gets hard and when maybe in the times that I may be feeling overwhelmed, those are the thoughts that keep me going. The ones that remind me that I'm making a difference, that what the students are learning is valuable, that my presence on campus is important. Same with theirs and their attendance at school. I want them to be there. So being able to see their encouragement throughout the year, watching them learn and grow and seeing how their interests are being formed throughout the year, what they want to be when they grow up may change. And so it's exciting to know that the foundation that we're building now is going to be a lot stronger than maybe it would have been in a typical early childhood setting. Um, And so what we're giving them is that strongest base possible so they can continue to build on that as they grow up. It's a lot of responsibility. Sure is. (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I know when you put it that way. Yeah. It's encouraging though. It reminds me that there's purpose in what I do and makes me enjoy it even more. Good, good. Mari, we'll kind of wrap this up a little, a little bit, but I, I, I would kind of building upon the, the reason we're doing this is, yes, we're doing it so that they have an experience as a four-year-old, but it's bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. You, do this, you wake up every day thinking about this and thinking about how to grow it and how, how's, how are we going to sustain this. Have you thought about it? Do you sit back and reflect sometimes about the, the awesome responsibility and the awesome opportunities that we have to have an impact on on a four-year-old's life. I do. I do. On a daily basis. And not just what, what we're doing, but also thinking about um, what are our next steps in pre-K. But then when you mentioned the word, how are we going to sustain it? It doesn't just stay in pre-K. It's how are we going to sustain this moving forward? And having these conversations with my colleagues that work with kinder and, and through second, third grade, how are we, how are we going to, to keep this going? But it, it, it fills me with a lot of Relieved that we're not just relieved, but just joy, I guess, that that I work in a district where it was realized from the beginning that you you can't do this unless you you really put thought into it and you do it right. And I feel like that's what we're doing. We're doing it right. We're doing it. We're doing we're going full day. Anybody can go full day. Mm-hmm. The whole straight is going full day pre-K, but we're doing it in a different way so that we're making sure that our students have the best opportunities. And so. When things get tough, that's what I think about. I think, you know what, it, this is going to work, and and we've already we're already seeing this year. We're seeing the impact that it's having in our students. Students who may not necessarily have enjoyed going to school every day, but now are looking forward to our interactive classroom and say, are we? Do we get to go there today? Do I get to visit today? Do I go to Tinkertown today, or do I, am I going to digging digging dinos today? Right. Um, and so that's that's big that that we're able to provide something that students are looking forward to to attending every day. Well. It is a foundation, and I will tell you that, as you know, that there are very, very, very few families and very few four-year-olds that actually have the opportunity to experience what they're experiencing, not only in your classroom, your own personal classroom, but what they're experiencing as an approach that, that Aleph has taken. We'll wrap it up by this. If, if there were one thing, if, if for those listening if there's one or watching, if there's one thing you'd like for parents to be aware of about what Aleaf is doing, what these experiences are doing. What what would what would you like to share with them if there was one thing you'd like to just that you want them to know about? I would say enroll right now. Enroll right now. Bring your children over because it's gonna be worthwhile. Your children are going to love it. You as parents are going to love hearing about all of the stories your children are going to come home um, talking about. Just come on over. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I would say just the encouragement that it's going to provide for your child and for your family on future goals and aspirations. I think ALEAF's early childhood program is unmatched in the way that it's going to encourage students of all the opportunities that they have in life and really give them that opportunity to lead their own life and, and go the direction they'd like to go. Good. Well, I want to reiterate what Maury said. If you're a parent and you have a three-year-old at your home or you're you know of other family members or other friends that have three-year-olds. We are currently enrolling for early childhood, pre-K. If you go to our website, aleafisd.net, there's links to early childhood and early learning. And if not, just go to your local neighborhood school and ask, and they will tell you. Uh, along with Mari and Savannah, I can't emphasize enough how important this is that we that we get as many of our children involved in early learning and early childhood as soon as we possibly can. Thank you, ladies. I really do appreciate what you do every single day. In my role, I don't get to meet everybody. I don't get to meet all the teachers. And, and this is my first opportunity to meet you. So thank you. Thank you. For what you do and, and uh, your enthusiasm and, and your support for these, for not only your, your students, but for your school in this district. It is, it is uh, uh, I'm extremely grateful, extremely grateful. So with that, thank you guys for joining us. Again, this has uh, been Impact Ed with ALEAF ISD. I'm H.D. Chambers wishing you a great day and, and we'll talk to you next time.